Welcome to Rotten Radio. Rotten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rotten Brothers. Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary Church in Sioux Falls. Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. And Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty University. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, Rock Stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty University in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Rutten. I'm Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I'm Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And together we are Rutten, Rutten Radio. How we doing, fellas? Doing well. Father John, you were running a little late here. What was going on? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have a Ford Fusion, which is not the car you should have for a South Dakota winter. <laughs> uh, so I was coming up Fifth, 6th Street, and no, 5th Street, and... Uh, uh, by the by, the cathedral, and I got about halfway up. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make it all the way. I didn't make it all the oh, way. Did nope. you have to reverse so, down? <laughs> I had to, well, and and unfortunately, there was someone watching me. <laughs> oh, that's always better. Yeah. So, yeah. Outstanding. Well, other than that, how you been doing? Doing well. Doing well. Or do you say good? Am I doing good or am I doing well? There is a grammatical. There is a grammatical. Well is feeling. Good is... Well, I don't know. Ooh, here we go. English you guys can all let me know on Facebook. I'm teachers. doing, I'm doing uh, stupendous. Uh, <laughs> no. Calm. Calm. I, uh, calm. I hope it's doesn't mean there's a storm coming. At uh, peace but, with the uh, world. Yeah. So speaking of storms, uh, someone made me a nativity scene, outdoor nativity scene the other day. It's awesome. And because there was a storm, there's these big, huge piles of snow. And then I just, they put the nativity scene on the snow. It's like right out of a oh, nice postcard. Postcard, yeah. Hallmark. If you're on Facebook, my Facebook page, you can see the picture up there. You probably <laughs> already saw it. It's pretty, pretty sweet. And then they didn't tell me who they were. So, oh, yeah, so, so then it was a mystery for a few days. Hmm, who did this? Did you and find out who it is? I did. All right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll get to that. Maybe during the shakedown at uh, Shoutouts, we'll find out who that was. Father Paul! What do you got going on over there with your jackrabbit coat on? Uh, doing well. Grateful I survived Christmas and the new year without being sick. <laughs> right. That was my big fear. Uh, a, uh, we got through it all. It went well. Uh, just, you know, it's always good to get that all done. Um, yeah. So ready suppose, for another year. I suppose COVID, uh, the time to get COVID is not the week before Christmas. Or the day before. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. All right. And Joe, how are you? Oh, oh, me. Me, me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Joe. Uh, magnificent. I think uh, I am fantastic. <laughs> magnificent. It's, uh, you know, I had, my wife uh, had the day off and she came in with a cup of peppermint latte, a peppermint latte coffee for me in my office while I was studying ooh, and ooh, reading. And sweet. I thought, wow, it just doesn't get any better than this. Oh. Like, so that's how my day started. There you Magnificent. go. Magnificent. Right. Well, if you're out there listening, you can interact with us on the Rutten Radio Facebook page, or you can listen to the show on your Real Presence affiliate network stations. Or the easiest way, as we always like to point out, is you can just download the thing on your iPhone, on your smartphone, 
And we do have an app that you can get for Rutten Radio itself, or not an app, I guess. Right. Father Paul, it would be... You can subscribe to our podcast on the apps that you use for podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, or uh, iTunes. It's fantastic. It's got the three-headed monster on there. So if you're looking for something, it's a little cartoon drawing with three bald guys. Rock and roll, fellas. Well, we got our movie of the month here on Rutten Radio in the first half hour. And the movie this month is With Honor. There we go. <laughs> Father Paul, you want to give us the jo- intro? Joe is on fire. Today. On fire, baby. Yep. Let's do so, it. So convinced his thesis <laughs> will have him graduate with honors from Harvard University. A stuffy student finds himself at the mercy of a homeless man's demands when he holds the thesis papers hostage. Any warnings, Father John? Uh, just a little bit of adult language and some adult dialogue uh, in their interactions. You can imagine they're college students. It's a college scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. It's not quite Animal House. Yeah, um, no, no, no. But it's, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like a, a, a poorer version of, um, what's the other movie you like? Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society. You know? Right, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. It's kind of got... Anymore, like, more I don't slang. know that what society considers acceptable is the same. Like, I think when I watch things, I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, well, I wonder what everybody else thinks, right? Who sure. knows where we've gone in society in the last oh, 20 sure, years. Definitely. But Lord have mercy. Yep. All right, here we go. Well, let's uh, jump in. Initial thoughts and comments on With Honors. Joe Pesci, starring Joe Pesci, and Brandon Frazier. Father Paul, what'd you think? What do you got on it? Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting because it's a movie that I watched back in college uh, and had thoughts, memories, things that I remembered from it. Uh, and then to watch it again at a different place in my life. Um, yeah, I I liked it. For different reasons, I found other things helpful, not so helpful. You know, it was really interesting to kind of have the memory of it and then to rewatch it with a different take on it. And uh, in some ways, that's at the heart of the film is perspective. Sure. Uh, and a changing of perspectives. And so I found it interesting as I was looking at the notes, not only did Father Paul have a changing of perspectives, but Father John had some changing of perspectives or some criticisms. It seemed like <laughs> Father John didn't really care for the movie. Father John. Yeah, I guess uh, I, yeah, I must be changing because it's a movie I definitely in the past, you know, 20 years ago, definitely, maybe even 10 years ago, I would have really liked. But now I'm sort of like, Eh, I don't know it. Uh, um, I don't know what the right word is to use, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem either playful enough or deep enough. It's like this weird, like in between, where I'm like, eh, trying to make me feel sentimental and good. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't watch Hallmark movies and I right. don't watch with honors. Well, it, 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 <laughs> I'm a sucker for these kind of movies. I loved it. It's, it's that academic transformational, a little sentimentality, mm-hmm. deeply human interest story. Like I really loved it. It reminded me of dead poet society. Of course, goodwill hunting scent of a woman, which is a great one. We should review that one. And of course, the one and only Dangerous Minds. But that 1990s kind of period of movies I really love, so I could probably watch about anything from that time period and think it's pretty cool, like Top Gun. Sure, which is coming back. Better Off Dead. 
Father Paul, if you dig into it a little bit, uh, better off dead, right? <laughs> Weird science. Yeah, if you're out there listening, what are your favorite 90s movies? List your favorite 90s movies. Father Paul, what'd you think? Give us something uh, kind of to chew on a little bit here. You know, I think probably one of the most common themes for the whole movie is just how we see or perceive other people. It's really that main theme throughout the movie. Uh, we have preconceived notions of those we meet throughout life, and really this real question do we ever really test whether our thoughts, our feelings about a person is true or not? Um, you know, they ask the question, uh, Simon asks the question, uh, what do you see when you look at me? Hmm. And I think that's a real question that we should ask. I... What do we see when we look at people? Because I think they stereotyped the Harvard professor, they stereotyped the, the, the college students, like everything really was stereotyped. Yep. And I think it's important. Even the girl uh, was stereotyped. Even the girl, yep, like all of it. It was all just this... You know, and so this real question, do we ever want to look beyond the stereotype? And, and the stereotype is what it is, and I can't change, you know, how I see somebody like that. Uh, but am I willing to get to know somebody? Or Well, well can it, you change how you see somebody like that? Well, I think over time you could in the sense of when the more often your stereotype isn't verified, you then begin to say, well, maybe... Maybe what I think about these people isn't true. Mm. Now, if it keeps being verified, it's like, well, yeah, this is typically what they're like. Right, right. Um, so I do think it can change to a degree. I think we're hypersensitive about it, though. Like, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. And I think we live in a culture where we won't permit stereotypes. Uh, the problem, I think, with it is just because I have a stereotype doesn't mean that I can't see beyond it. Right. It's there. You know, I, I think of, you know, the fighting Irish. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is the fighting Irish. Like there's a reason, uh, why that those words are put together. Okay. Well, do all Irishmen fight? No, but enough of them do. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when you, you, you put this question out there, what do you see when you look at me? I, I immediately, I'm like, wait a minute here. I wonder what people do see when they look at me. Sure. And, and it might be worth us asking of ourselves and others. And so just that idea of saying, what do people see when they look at me my, is worth reflection, I think. And then what do I see when I look at others? And in leadership, in my circles, we call this integrated leadership. There's three circles. There's the self, the actual self. Mm -hmm. There's the ideal self that one is seeking to become. And then there's the perceived self. And when those three circles of what other people's perception and your actuality mm -hmm. and ideal when they come together as the integrated self. Well, it doesn't until we die, we don't fully get there, but I've never really given true consideration to the perception of others and how I see others in, in, in a real deep way to say, wait a minute here, maybe I do this a lot more sure. than I, uh, if I'm honest with myself than I ought to probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember one time, I was with Catherine, our, our sister, and we were at a store to buy a sled. And she said to me, does everybody stare at you? And I'm like, what? And she's like, does everybody stare at you? Because I was wearing my clerics. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Well, it, it's one of those things where for a lot of people, a, a man in clerics. And then when I went to buy the sled and the guy's like, what do you want a sled for? And I'm like, well, the sled. Like, <laughs> why else do people buy sleds? But he was just sort of shocked. It was this idea again. His perception of, of priests wouldn't be buying a sled to go sledding. And so he would have to, you know, readjust, 
you know, his own idea of his perception of what people dressed, you know, uh, like you guys me. have to get that a lot. Like, but you sort of forget. <laughs> like I forget whether I'm wearing them or not, so I don't right. even pay attention to whether people stare at me. So yeah, it was. It's partly uh, uh, with the mask and COVID. It's partly something I realized why I was less worried about it all because I'm used to being stared at. I'm used to people thinking I'm funny. I'm used to people. <laughs> you just go around and like, oh yeah, everybody. Whereas if that's your <laughs> first time you've ever experienced it, that's a really just. Dis- settling feeling to have people be like they're looking at me like i have a mask on or they're you know i mean i was in jerusalem and watched a guy spit on a man because he was a monk and wearing a a monk's robe like uh so it's not as if if so yeah we have those experiences and you learn to just be like ah and then you grow beyond it you're like well if i chew their mouth if i like reject them then they're never going to grow so you just learn to be like oh okay and i just walk through target and you're just like oh yeah of course everybody's looking i mean you just it's just the part of being a priest and clerics is i mean i don't even hardly notice it anymore and the idea of perception what we see what brandon fraser sees Mm -hmm. what monty is his name i believe monty sees in joe pesci and joe pesci's name is simon uh, tell me a little bit about that interaction and that relationship, how it begins and then how it proceeds or transforms. Right. So what's funny about this movie is it's set in 1994. So technology, you forget how far we've come. So Monty's working on his thesis mm. and his computer crashes <laughs> uh, and the old dot matrix and there's no backup. Uh, and all he has is this hard copy of his uh, thesis. And so he's paranoid that it like he's going to lose it. So he wants to go get it copied. So he's out running late at night to get the thing copied and he trips and falls. And the the thesis goes into the grate down into the boiler room of the library at Harvard where Joe Pesci, the homeless man is living. Uh, And so he goes down there to find Joe Pesci burning the thesis (laughs) in the fire. Uh, And so that's their interaction right there is their first interaction right there. This man needs his thesis realizes this man has it and he's willing to throw it in a fire. So, the relationship really actually be, is transactional. Joe Pesci says, for one page, I want something. And he begins to barter back and forth about what he wants. And he wants a glazed donut. <laughs> and from a glazed donut, to, he ends up... Moving in. Moving in, yeah. baby. But again, I think, you know, and this was the one thing about that. I mean, how many of our relationships really are transactional? All right. You and even from an Aristotelian standpoint, we've talked about this before, right. the different types of friendships. friendships. Yeah. Uh, transactional is a primary. Right. I mean, many of our relationships in a normal level sure. are transactional. Uh, but maybe the probing of the question at the heart of this story is what does it mean to be human in a transactional relationship where we're not necessarily seeing the other mm-hmm. um, as an other, right? But just as somebody that can give me something or as a you know, in, in a non-human way. And I think that you have a great question here, Paul. You talked about um, one of our nieces working at the banquet and her interaction with the staff, right? She works there. So she- No, she works at the Bishop Dudley House. Oh, she works Tality at the Bishop. House. Right, right, right. So she Next knows door. a number mm-hmm. of these uh, folks that are there for meals. And and you mentioned using, using calling them by name. Yep. Uh, have that they have stories. Sure. No. So it was just interesting to watch because you know normally if you go to the banquet, it's very transactional. The banquet is the homeless, oh, the homeless. facility. Right. Or well, the, the, they feed those that yep. need. 
Uh, but since Jaden works at the Bishop Daly Hospitality House, where they often live, uh, she knew them by name. She could talk to them. She was able to interact in a way that it was very clear that this wasn't just a transaction. You showed up, here's a meal, go away. You showed up, here's a meal, go away. But it was really this, and they were shocked. You know, even some of them were like, Jaden, what are you doing here? Right. Uh, and then she'd explain, I'm here with my family and we're, we're serving the banquet. Um, you know, and so it really was, I think, at the heart of what the banquet's about and what really all sort of charity should be, it really should be about person to person, like one person interacting with another person um, and, and beginning to see the commonalities in it as well. They have their own perceptions too, right? Sure. Their own preconceived notions that, you know, they get have broken down as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Father John, tell me what you think here. When you kind of started off on a, a note that says, I don't know if I really cared for this movie that much. Uh, give me some of your thoughts on it. Uh, any insights or things that, that provoked you or that you found interesting or not interesting? Well, yeah, in light of my whole crisis with drinking coffee and uh, li- lying to myself about like hiding it from myself. Do you myself. need to tell uh, the uh, Rotten Radio <laughs> audience about your Facebook? The, uh, so coffee um, addiction. With the, yeah, that there's that part where uh, I don't remember his name. The other guy, the guy that's not really a part of the movie. The other roommate, right? Right. Jeff. You know, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> that Jeff uh, uh, at the towards the end says, "Well, I only have one page of my thesis," and um, and then he's like, "Well, Brent." Uh, not Brandon Fraser, but the other guy. Um, uh, Brandon Fraser, the character. Monty. Monty. Monty says, uh, well, I saw you print it out. You know? And he says, well, I just printed out a bunch of pages <laughs> to make you think I had so much, that much yep. done. Uh, and I just burst out laughing because here I am like, Pretending I'm not drinking coffee anymore <laughs> and and parking on the other side of the coffee shop so that if by any chance anybody from the office would come to work, they would not think, why is father not in the office, but his car's here. That means he's at the coffee shop. And I mean, the stupid stuff I was doing to like hide that I was drinking coffee again. And at a certain point when I was like planning on where to park my car. And then thinking, if I park my car, though, on the other side of the coffee shop, then it's along the main drag of the road, and there's a good chance that somebody will be driving to the grocery store, (laughs) and they'll see my car at the coffee shop. And I'm thinking, there's only about six people in the whole world that even know I quit drinking coffee. Like, I'm lying to myself. (laughs) So when I've been watching this, and I just think, isn't it true how often we live in that way where we're trying to live a perception of somebody else. We're trying to live up to somebody else, but it's really us. We're the first ones we're really uh, living a lie to. Uh, so the need to really be honest with ourselves in order to be honest with the world, it, it we can say first, oh, it's about other people, but really it's something within ourselves that creates this dynamic. So, and I think he plays into that when, when he says, uh, um, you know, they don't like each other. And so he says, you hate me just because I look the, like the way you feel. You right, know? Right. And that was a beautiful uh, exchange. You know, uh, you, you or no, right. what, he wasn't yeah. saying you hate me. Yeah. You hate me mm. because I look the way you feel. <laughs> and, and it's like, wow. Oh, because yeah. you do sort of have the perception like that guy's the one that doesn't have it together. He's sort of like down, but inside the other one who looks like it's all working is, Oftentimes the one that's sick. Yeah. 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 So our perception 
you know, what what boxes do we have people in? And boy, <laughs> they're, you know. Yeah, or the ability, I think, to to let somebody be the mirror for you that you don't mm. you don't want them to be, but they are, you know. Accountability. So Simon is the mirror for Jeff if you'll let him be, mm. you know. And so that, you know, so there are those people. So to really even ask that question, are there people in my life that they, right. they are that mirror for me? And I really have to sort of uh, accept that, Part of my struggle is they're reflecting back to me my own challenge. And the real, the real, I mean, this is the more you integrate, the way do you integrate? We're created in a, we, this isn't like, because with honors puts it this way, this is the way God made us. We live in relationship with others. You discover who you are through a sincere gift to the other, JP2 said, you know, yep. in a relationship with another, I find out who I am. So when, when, Christy Flynn, our sister, says to me, uh, you're depressed or you're not looking well. I have to take seriously that here is somebody who knows me. Yep. And the more I trust the person, the more I have to account for how do other people see me. But that means I may not be who I want to be. And so it, it's humility is sure. required to really let someone else speak into my life. And we all need someone who we will let speak <laughs> into our life. And it can seem bad, but the more you do it, the more good it is. And I love the story of coming out of my diaconate ordination. And Chris Rollis says to me, right in the narthex, I've never seen someone so filled with joy. Yep. And I'm like, me? Me? This is joy. <laughs> uh, so it's a gift too. It's not only just, but you have to be open. And God created us this way. I think that's why I'm interested further in, in doing some leadership work and maybe even integrating some of it with my work at Mount Marty in that question that Father Paul asked, right? Is what do you see when you look at me? How many people actually have somebody in their life that's honest with them sure. about what other people are perceiving? I think all the time, like, that person has no idea of what's going, what's wrong with them or how other people are perceiving them. Or do they just realize how they sounded? Right. Do they realize what they just said? And they likely don't oftentimes maybe, but what about me? Do I have somebody in my life that I permit that I give that ability to be accountable to yeah. that says, what, what do you see when you look at me? I'm telling I don't know that oh, I do. I mean, my wife, wife, I do. I shouldn't yeah. say that. I do my spouse for sure. 100%. Um, but, or like Christy, right? Your ability to have a sister that's able to look at you and say, Hey, something's off here. Um, I have one good friend that mm -hmm. I think that I'm that to that person. And I never realized it until their wife, somebody said, Hey, you know, so-and-so. And it just came around full circle that their wife had mentioned that sure. I had said something to him. And it's like, Oh, you mean they paid it? They listened. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, all right, yeah. great. Well, that person took to heart. Number one, they gave me the permission to to be honest with them. Number two, they took it to heart enough to tell their spouse that they maybe need to reflect. And I think that's something that I'm going to challenge myself in the new year to sure. say, all right, y'all, you can be good to yourself and get some good positive feedback here, but be honest and give somebody the permission to say, mm -hmm. this is how you're. Be I perceive you, right? And for better or for worse. I just don't know that that's we like doing that. So, what else do you got going, Paul? I could ask you if you have someone in your life that you, but I think you got more awesome stuff to tell us <laughs> than all kinds of stuff. Yeah, um, I did think the, one of the things that was very obvious was the lack of any sort of faith in anyone. Uh, 
in the movie. Like there was no religion. Religion played no part in people's lives. Even, you know, spoiler alert, even the funeral, there wasn't even the, you know, minister at all. Uh, and I do think that this is this real challenge. Does does our Christian faith really make a difference? You know, and I think sometimes our, our world wants to show us this sort of secular humanism, this ability that um, people really would do the right thing, people really would be generous, people really would be kind, considerate, all of these things, even without religion. And, and I don't know that that's really true, because this isn't how we lived until Christ came. Like, Christ really changed everything. Now, the only thing that was odd is there was an image of the Sacred Heart in the bedroom, which was clearly there for a reason. I know not why. It was never invoked. It was never referred to. But it was clearly on the wall in the back as well. would be interesting to know why it was there uh, in the midst of that as well. Um, but I think for us then as Christians to be able to say, how are we different when we interact with people, when we do charity, when we do correction, when we live, how do we live differently because we actually are Christian, because Christ really is a part of our life. Um, so, yeah. Father John, we got a minute or two left here. This is, uh, never feels like quite enough time to... Mm-hmm talk about all the great insights and uh, themes, notes of interest uh, from the movie. One but. other thing, if I can just, that I did think was funny was his thesis, Monty's thesis is that with better communication and technology, we will have a better democracy. And if our election didn't just prove that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that was his theory, was if we could just communicate easier, if everyone would have access to all this information. Like This really was the idea of the internet. It was going to save us because it was going to allow everyone to have access. And that, in the end, is what Monty thought was going to save him. Yeah, now we have and here we a- are. Edward Snowden. But here we are. Like, like we, we won't let back in the country. Right. And so I found it quite funny as, as, he, as he talks about it. And I'm like, well, that didn't work. Good luck. You know, but right. it is, there is some good humor in the movie. There's a lot of, oh, yeah, a yeah. lot of humor there throughout. Like, when he asks, what state were you born in? He's like, infancy. Well, Joe Pesci makes, I mean, yeah. how do you know? And then oh, they're, when Joe they're Pesci having works. their meal, when they're eating, <laughs> when they're eating the chicken <laughs> and they realize that they just ate Everett's chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there was good yeah. things to the movie too. The oh, one thing that, that, um, that I also, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, how do we make peace with the past? Right. If the, uh, you know, like there was that, you know, that whole scene in, in the midst of all of that. Um, so, well, we, uh, wrap up here in the first half hour of Rutten Radio. Our movie of the month was with honors starring Joe Pesci and Brandon Frazier. It's fantastic. We encourage you to go out there and check it out. John gave it maybe a C plus Paul, maybe a B plus, <laughs> and I give it it's an right. A. But with that, we hope you'll come back in the second half hour and join us as we dig deeper into some thoughts and meaning of life and all, all kinds of other great insights that we have from the movie and our lives. With that, we'll see you in just a bit. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. Is there an event that you would like announced right here on the RPR Network? 
please email the details at least two weeks in advance to Therese at realpresenceradio.com. That's Therese at realpresenceradio.com. We can help spread the word about what's happening at your parish and in your diocese. Again, that email address is Therese at realpresenceradio.com. For centuries, people of faith have considered the social impact of their financial decisions for the purpose of protecting and promoting the worth of every person, a belief that is an integral part of the Catholic Church. At the Barnes Moore Group at Morgan Stanley in Sioux Falls, we can provide the connection between faith and investing by customizing and centering portfolios around these principles. Thaddeus Barnes and Andrew Nemore, financial advisors, can be reached at 338-6500 to discuss investing with impact in detail. Investments and services are offered through Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. The returns on a portfolio consisting primarily of environmental, social, and governments, ESG, aware investments may be lower or higher than a portfolio that is more diversified or where decisions are based solely on investment considerations. Because ESG criteria exclude some investments, investors may not be able to take advantage of the same opportunities or market trends as investors that do not use such criteria. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Sponsored by the Barnes Demore Group Financial Advisors at Morgan Stanley. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. And welcome back to Rutten Radio here on the Real Presence Network. I'm Joe Rutten, joined by my brothers Rutten. Father John. Father Paul. And we just got done reviewing the one and only, well, not one and only, it wasn't really that special. It was a decent movie, but uh, with honors, Father John, if at any point you find out uh, it comes to you what your thing is that kind of gets to you on the movie where you're like, you know, it just wasn't that good of a movie, um, let us know. But other than that, we'll try. I know what it is. Oh, no way. Yes. It's exactly what was said about the technology. So (laughs) I think the movie... It, uh, uh, gets you all pumped up about something that's not real, and then and so so like now, um, yeah, and I think it, uh, I think uh, so. Does that make so the technology? It's in his his thesis is that technology is going to be able to save us from all these things, right? Okay, so we can think that that's the case, right. but it's missing faith. Right. It's missing the thing that actually really saves us in our experience in life. Absolutely. And so we, when we're disconnected and when we're not really paying attention, we can watch this movie 
and and sort of think, oh yeah, we're going to be saved if we all just learn to recognize other people and if we all just learn to help poor people and if we all just sure. go. But the truth of the matter is that doesn't save me. That's not yeah, what's and, helped and me. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I would see that. I would, uh, I would also say that so the, the, the heart the, of the movie is about community and relationships and that we need others. And I don't think mm -hmm. we would disagree with that, that as a, no, as a no, human no, or no. a Christian principle, no. that community's at the heart of it. And, and I really saw it as this idea that he was going to be the self-made man, like this great, smart, intelligent, look at this, I'm cranking it out, I'm on time, I am ahead, I'm with, I'm going to do this with honors, and it's all me. And where I realized something more was going on here was when he, he broke his foot, when he yep. dropped his papers and lost them. Um, he walks into the to the to the house with his roommates on crutches, and he's frustrated with the crutches. And the lady criticizes him, and she says, "Oh, oh, you can't even take help from a crutch, can you?" Right. And you know, and it's that idea that says he's dependent upon others. That his fulfillment mm -hmm. right. isn't as a, is a good, to live a good life, to live a fulfilling life. He, he needs other people. And he's not going to pull himself up by his bootstraps and do this thing on his own. And so maybe that might be where we go here in, in the second half hours is just that idea of community and, and relationships, specifically as it relates to others in society. Um, when you guys think of the poor, right? This movie was about Joe Pesci, who was poor, physically in poverty, but he had other poverties. Only poverty. What other types of poverties? exist out there that maybe make people poor in their humanity and their lives that they live. Yeah. I mean, I think mother Teresa was the one who said it, that America is one of the poorest countries in the world because of the way we kill our babies through abortion. Uh, we live a very materialistic lifestyle. Uh, we're very, you know, focused on ourselves and we really don't have, you know, a need to be dependent on anyone, you know? So she, and she said, that's a poverty. You can't, you can't really Fix. She's, you know, I can give people food that are hungry, but somebody that really lacks, you know, a real spiritual relationship mm. with Christ, I can't like manufacture that and just hand it out. Uh, there, it, there's a mystery to the relationship with Christ, uh, and there's a mystery to how that all works. Um, and so, I really do think that we're we're really in a a predicament because. Part of the important thing for us in our culture is the family. The family really is the foundation of our culture and our families really are falling apart. Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to have a Christian understanding of the family, uh, what does it mean? How does it work? All of those things. Uh, and so we keep trying to deal with the poor. We keep trying to figure out how to help the homeless, but we're not really addressing the fact that the, the family needs to be mm. a, a better understanding of why is family important. Is it something that you believe, um, so family, the, the, that the smallest community, the smallest society, I think John Paul II called it the first seminary, that this idea that the home or the family is, is the nucleus that maybe we ought to turn our attention to, to focus on, that that broken, the poverty of the family is really where we should be focusing more of our energy, do you think? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the family is important, and but but the problem we face today is we can't even agree on what the word family means. Mm. Like, we can't even have a civil discussion in our culture 
about family anymore. And so we really do have ourselves in, in a real quandary to be able to say, oh, what are we doing? How do we if do we want to have that dialogue with the exterior society from the church, or do you think that dialogue is challenged even within the church? Both. Is it difficult to talk about family and the traditional family or the new families or homosexuality or same-sex marriage or transgenderism? Are those topics uh, uh, present in parish life? In well, the yeah, you, you, you say something about it, and then the person you're looking at is from a divorced house. So you talk about marriage or it's Father's Day or it's Mother's Day, and the people in front of you you the, to say this and to encourage this is like pouring salt in a wound. Uh, so how do you approach uh, that? What are know. the ways we can approach that? One, we could avoid it, <laughs> just not talk about it. I mean, I don't. In my how how I approach it is that this this actually isn't the solution for me. Um, what isn't the solution? The, the addressing the 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 family issue isn't the 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 starting place for me. The starting place is Jesus Christ as Savior. That he really is present here, uh, because when someone recognizes God is present, then they naturally look and say, "Oh my gosh, my family's a mess." <laughs> uh, there's a tenderness, there's a mercy they experience when you experience an encounter with a living God. You have an ability. Then you grace gives us the reason we can't dialogue with the outside world is because natural law is not something that you come to without grace easily. You can get there easily, but it it took thousands of years and a few people were capable of getting to the place that we were able to pass down uh, Aristotle and and Socrates and some of these people. But um, since the age of the church, we have tons of people who have great, you know, grace helps us see. And so for me, there's a sense of like, it's a one-on-one thing. It's a person-to-person thing. It's a conversation, one family at a time. It's a conversation with the woman that comes in and says, I'm going to go this direction with my marriage. And somehow grace opens up and you can, um, from the big perspective, this is just my experience is the, the starting from that place of saying the family and I, I was, I mean, when I was first priest, man, the kitchen table is the battle is the, what did mm-hmm. I call it? The command center, command center, kitchen table is a command center. Like we got to get back to the kitchen table. We got to get back to eating dinners together. Well, Done work. It has not worked. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't move people. It doesn't, but you pe- preach about salvation of Jesus Christ, that God is present People are hungry to know their love. Right. So your point isn't that the that the family unit isn't important or that oh, no, the no, family no, doesn't no, work. No. Your point no. is as a as a pastor, if the way in which you're going to lead people is by uh well, who uh, Paul the Sixth says that, right? He says that what the world today is looking for what the world today follows is not teachers but witnesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they follow teachers, it's because they are witnesses. Yeah. You're saying that teaching simply isn't going to be the answer to the solution. Yeah. Witnessing, living, being present, yes. encountering people with the grace, with the gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is the starting point. Yeah. From there, yeah. bring on all issues, comers, society. You know, I totally agree with what Paul said. The, flam- right. the family is the essence of all of it. You then asked about how we address it, and right. my response is, well, you don't address you it by starting the with the family. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. God loves you. He really is present. Is that is that like a, a uh, is that a paradigm shift within the church? Is that something that other priests or people within the church 
discuss, talk about, uh, you know, you very, you both very clearly, Paul, you shook your head as John said, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the place that I start. Um, I don't know that I've always started there. And I don't know that I always see everybody in the church starting there as much as I kind of, sometimes I think we got uh, the doctrine is like a hammer that we beat people over the head with. Um, and sure. I mean, I think part of the, the, the thing is, and this is what Bishop DeGroote keeps talking about with the book from Christendom to the Apostolic Mission, you can start with the family if you already have a group of people who know Jesus Christ. So again, it takes this real question, who are the people I'm, I'm in front of? Mm. And so if I'm in front of a bunch of people that know Jesus Christ, then I don't have to start with Jesus Christ in that sense of making sure they know him because they already know him. Okay, well, we can move to the next step. And I think what the church found was for a while we had Jesus Christ there and they could then talk about all this doctrine and everything else, mm-hmm. and it all worked. Well, we forgot that you got to keep talking about it because you got new generations and new people, you know. Uh, and so even John Paul II talked about having to introduce those who were baptized to Jesus Christ because they were baptized, but they never met the man. Uh, and so this real need to also make sure that we don't forget that you do need to come to know who Christ is in our life. Um, and it, but if someone already knows who Christ is, someone's already filled with grace, then I don't need to, to start from that spot in the sense of making sure they know because they already do, and you can move forward. But it's ascertaining or, or looking at, well, who's the person in front of me? And if that person is a person of faith, then I'm, I, I'm at a different place with them. Mm. But today, I would say most people aren't at that place, so now we have to start back. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I yeah. mean, we, we went to... The banquet, and at the end of it, we, the, the one of the people that was helping run the place talked about Christianity and how Christian this is what it is to be Christian to help the poor, and I just wanted to scream, "No, <laughs> no, this is our problem. We think that helping people is what it means to be Christian." And I even know saying that there's a lot of people listening who are probably like, "Father John's lost his marbles," but this is the problem. Anyone can help people. Right. Any a Buddhist helps people. To be Christian is to believe Jesus Christ is Lord. is Lord and he came to this world and he's still present in his body. That you can meet the mysterious presence that changed the apostles that totally put took Paul from one place to another place. You can meet the 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 presence of God in a companionship and a friendship in the church and the sacraments and prayer that reverted a prostitute and made her into the to like this is Christianity. Right. This is the place that then allows people to say, "Oh, you mean I'm supposed to like only have sex with one person and like stay with that person for the rest of my life because we're probably gonna have some kids and then like those kids should be raised." You know, <laughs> like that's an impossible thing to do. Why are people sleeping around and why are people you know uh, doing all the things they're doing? Because that is far you know it's difficult. To stay with one person that you're making babies with and actually raise those children and get because it takes death to self. I mean, I've never met one parent that's like saying kids are easy. Coming over to your house, Joe, is like the best thing in the world for me. Like, this is hard stuff. (laughs) This is hard stuff. And you think you got one figured out and it's going well. And then the next child comes and it's totally different. Day after day. (laughs) Yeah. After day. After day, after day. I mean, and I only I, have three. I, I understand why parents would say, what are we doing? Right. Well, but if you know, you know, 
if you have the spirit of God, you know, it's a, it's, 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 it's a different thing. So that's where I'm at with right. it. No, I, it, in a sense, it's, um, yeah, we could, I don't we, know where we, we could, are right well, now. I don't know. This is good though. I, 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 I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh, I'm coming with you. I'm coming along. I'm, I, but that idea that, uh, who are the people I'm in front of? Right. And so when you're in front of people, that dictates how you communicate with them. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you do you give them meat or milk or, or meat? Right. You know? St. Paul was, <laughs> right. this isn't new. Right. He was well, dealing with the we, same thing. I don't know. I, for a long time, I know I, I operated this way and I still struggle to find the balance between truth and charity and between doctrine and relationship. And none of it, it Christ has to be present in it all. And rules without uh, relationship with Christ specifically breeds rebellion. I mean, like when my, it breeds rebellion in my marriage. If I'm not in a healthy relationship with my wife and she gives me rules, she gives me orders. I'm like (laughs) resentments and all kinds of fun. Well, that's kind of what happens in the church too. Uh, Fantastic. All right. So let's jump out. Let's jump out and into, into some of this other, the gospel call. Um, to help the poor and vulnerable, you guys have now just kind of transitioned this on me away from Joe Pesci or from the poor person as materially poor. And then stopping and saying, wait a minute, Joe Pesci actually had something that Brendan Fraser didn't. And I often find that when I go to work with people that may be materially poor, that they have something that I'm poor in. Sure. And it's oftentimes a spiritual spirituality that there's a faith present sometimes. And I'm like, God, I wish I trusted I mean, as much as, as they did. Because they have to. And that's, I think, where that was the part that I think was unfortunate for the movie was there was no sense that, that Joe Pesci was the way he was because he had some faith component to it. It just sort of, he learned it through life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and But again, this is where I keep feeling like we as Christians then are ask, have to ask this question. When people meet us, do they meet people who live differently? That would be able to say, no, we we didn't come to the banquet because we're Christians and that's what Christians do. Like, that's not why we're here. But do we know that that's not why we're there? Mm-hmm. And I think this is this real challenge as as a church. Are our people aware of why are we here? Why are why we are doing, you there? What are why we do doing? you go to the banquet every year? Because I love my family. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I go there. Be yeah. yeah. I mean, because it, it's a, it, it is an opportunity for me to grow with my family. It's an opportunity for me to meet other people and to see Christ in them, to be challenged in my own way of life. Uh, and I do feel called that this is what Christ wants us to do. I'm at the banquet because the encounter with the Spirit of God that happened the Christmas that Rick and I looked at each other and said, what are we doing giving each other gift cards for 50 bucks? This isn't what we're about. And I saw God at work. I saw the spirit like saying, yeah, do something new. And so what is it? Go serve the banquet. But that's like a consequence of the fact that I saw. I had eyes of faith that were helping me see, ah, we're being called somewhere. So it wasn't a humanitarian. Uh, not really. It's I mean, it was a, it was a it response was a, yeah, and to it was, God. It was and, an and he's humanitarian. Yeah, it was he's a natural like, response. Right. It was a place we could move the money. It was something that we were comfortable, in a sense, doing. It was So it just all worked out. What I find interesting, again, talking from the beginning of the movie, Perceptions, I still remember, so I was at SDSU as the chaplain, and I still remember 
uh, when we did it the one year and they did it on the news and it made the news and it was like, oh no, I don't want people to see the news. Well, one of the parishioners who didn't like me at the Newman Center saw it. And she's like, I'm, I can't believe you would do this. And it was this real clash for her because in her mind, I was an Orthodox, just rule following kind of priest. I wasn't the type that would serve the poor. <laughs> oh. And so she was really struggling because she couldn't, she couldn't reconcile these two things that the news just showed the family serving the poor mm. uh, in the midst of it. And I'm like, well, you, you know, I don't know. This is what we do. <laughs> but again, perception and letting people, you know, uh, see what they want and, and to be able to, to check yeah. it. But I do think for us as Christians, what, what are we about? Are we about Christ? Are we about yeah. really letting Christ change the way we think? the way we act and what we do or don't do. How does, and, and this yeah. is what I would say is, is definitely we are called the corporal works of mercy are to, to pray for the dead, to feed the the hungry. I mean, there's no question we are called to do these right. things. And then the diocese, I just am responding yeah. to an age we live in, in which we look like everybody else if we don't understand the essence of what we're doing. And it really is for that. And then I can also say, just like this radio program, this radio program isn't about reaching people first. This was about the fact <laughs> I that, not, that God I <laughs> brought us here and right, something's right. changed for us. And so like you said, like I see my relationship with, with the family changing and I see Christ, like he's doing something here for all of us. And then I remember when we were down there and it's like, these are our people. So then there's this dynamic too that I'm not like serving you in some way. I'm just doing this thing that we all belong to and you happen to be a recipient of something I'm giving, but I'm a recipient. And that last year when that lady started talking to me and she started talking to me about you and she was saying all these things and I'm like, this woman belongs to the Cathedral of St. Joseph oh, yeah, Parish. Absolutely. She knows Joe Rutten. She knows my sister. She knows my right. mom. Like, yep. this is not a poor person. This and is she my loves sister. the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah, see, we know. And so there's this right. awareness that like, wow, this is like us. And I remember realizing we just live eight blocks up the street. This is our neighborhood. These are our, these are, these, this is like who we belong to. So then there is this dynamic of like serving the other. You discover the mystery of God in them. And then because of those relationships that I'm more open to these poorer people with, then I look at my sibling and I'm like, well, I want to look at my sibling that way too. Mm-hmm. I want to have an affection for my sister, my brother, my blood brother. Uh, and so that's sort of the generation of what has happened. And, and it, it does involve the poor, um, but it's, it's a matter of faith that helps me really see the mystery that's going on. So, uh, does that mean you'll give me a pass on skipping out this year? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> How you just believe looked at you me did. like How bigger. did you manage to do that? Well, we'll, we'll do that off. Oh, <laughs> oh, now we're taking shots, baby. Well, all right. Well, we'll do, we'll deal with that right, after we'll, the show we'll, here. Right. That, 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 uh, you'll have to pay extra for that, that episode. Uh, for those out there listening, I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, no, right. you know, and the one of the quotes to kind of maybe bring this little bit to a close, the one that I loved the most was when Mother Teresa was helping the poor in Calcutta, and it was just this guy dying, it was gross, and there was this businessman that was there, and he said, Mother, I wouldn't do this for a million dollars. And she said, neither would I. I do it because it's Christ. Right. Like, this real thing, like... Like she is following Christ. She's following Christ. She's following Christ. It has nothing to do with all the other things. 
but we often miss that point of it. And so I really think for all of us to ask that question, are we following Christ? Yeah. Like, where is Christ calling me? And what is he calling me to do? And how is he calling me to, to think outside of, of my box and really begin to see him in different ways in my life? Um, but that's a different kind of Christianity. So, Right. Much harder type for me, partly because it demands something of me that I'm, it's harder for me to give. I think uh, it's internal, it's sacrificial, it's well, time it's risk, oftentimes. It's, yeah, risk. Like, what if nothing happens? Or what if it doesn't work out? Or, you know, all these things, all right. you know, uh, everyone always, you know, and again, I, these are all good things and we all do them at our parishes. Everyone has good feelings when you put those gifts under the tree for those in need. Ah, you know, yeah. everyone has a good feeling about that. Okay, well, that's, I mean, so we, but is that all? Mm -hmm. Is this, do we ever actually meet these people? Is there ever, you know, and so this is this real challenge for all, I think, for the church to say something more has to be behind just that. And then what do we do when it requires real sacrifice out of me and I don't get the warm feeling? Right. Uh, so right now, the banquet needs tons of help, everybody. If you are out there and you can serve at the banquet, they need our help. All they need is like six to eight people to help, but they don't have the relationship anymore. And so the experience that's so rich of being oh, close right. to people, that is so yeah. good. That's You get to right. be close to them, uh -huh. but that's not there. The and so they're having gone. a hard time getting people. Well, well, and because of COVID and you're, right. I mean, people don't, you know, people, it's COVID season, right. but they do precautions, but they really need our help now but they need it in a sacrificial way where you may not get thanked or you might not get the experience that you're wanting. Yeah. It was a but, whole different experience because it was just us with the, the, with the siblings. Like it was so weird. Like I stood down for a little while with Jaden and it was a quick interaction. Each person comes to the window, goes away. Like there was nothing. I mean, it was just different. And you're like, is this, is this it? Like, this is it. We just handed out a bunch of boxes of food. Yeah. Like it was a different experience. You're right. And so it's easy to be like, well, let's not come do this again. But they need us now. Right. Because now. it's not feeding me. Yeah. Right. And so maybe that's a poorer the, way. Yeah. Right. So no. that's the the thing to always be attentive to is the, and this is why I think it's important that if you begin with the spirit of God, you're discerning in a way that you catch these things. Mm -hmm. And and so I uh I was um, told, we knew this when we went down there, okay, I had a conversation with somebody at my parish office about doing this. I deleted it from my list of stuff. I was going to have people in the parish help out. You know, I knew this was the case. Deleted it from my to-do list, never followed up with it. Go down there, serve as a family, never follow up with it. Yesterday, I go there to, to drop money off, and the lady's saying to me, I need your, we need your help if you know anyone. And I'm like thinking in my head, Oh, yeah, I wonder if, I, yeah, I don't know, you know. And it wasn't until I drove away and I'm like, I am the pastor of a parish. <laughs> she isn't, she's asking me to help her, but I didn't get it. I didn't get it. But when you're connected, when you're praying, when you're aware, when you're observant, you like, the spirit can catch you and be like, hey, knock, knock, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Ask the people that you have an influence with to help. <laughs> This is fantastic. Well, as we wrap up the hour here with Rutten Radio in the month of January, we're so grateful for our listeners out there, for all those that have joined us and will continue to join us through the podcasts. As we've talked about the movie of the month, 
and really dove deeper into this conversation about poverty. And particularly, I'm moved by the idea that our, our, our desire to help needs to flow out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there and you don't have that relationship, you desire it, I encourage you to stop right now and invite Christ into your life, into your heart, and reach out. Call one of the brother priests here. Facebook them. <laughs> There's always a way to get a hold of us. So if you want to close in prayer with us, we'll close this month the with the family the prayer. Month. And the movie of the month for February is? The Giver. The Giver. All right. So jump on it and uh, watch The Giver, and we'll see you next February together. Our, Our Father, Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another. Quick, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness. Generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Peace and God bless. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Let's join together in a moment of prayer for all those needs and intentions that you have shared with this family. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Please let us know how we can pray for you by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com and click on Prayer Request at the top of the page.